In 2017, only 0.02% of venture capital went to black women. I am a black woman. Not only that, I'm a gay black woman who, when starting out in venture, had no ends, no college degree, and no money. I quickly learned that I was the opposite of what most Silicon Valley hotshots were looking for and that it was going to be incredibly difficult to get a chance to pitch to anyone, let alone to actually get funding. I started talking to other founders who had similar problems. They, as people of color or as LGBTQ+, or as women, were just not being taken seriously by the people who had the money, and therefore the power. Silicon Valley was being advertised as a meritocracy. You have a good idea, you pitch it, you get funding, you build it. What wasn't explained was the huge leap between those first two steps. You have a good idea, and then you pitch it. How do you get to the point where you are able to pitch your idea to someone in an industry that relies on warm introductions? If you don't move in the same circles as millionaires, how do you find someone to warmly introduce you to the right millionaires who will invest in your company? Even when founders from these underrepresented groups did get a chance to pitch, they were spending 75% of their meeting time providing proof of their worth. I couldn't understand it. Surely, if I could see that these founders had something, then the experts in Silicon Valley should be able to see it too. And what about me? What about my potential? I was frustrated, and so I began talking to people within the venture capital industry about the bias I was seeing, quoting the statistics I had read. Do you know what I found? Most of them were not only not surprised by my numbers, they were not appalled either. They thought it was just one of those things. We weren't just underrepresented, we were underestimated. It became clear to me that Silicon Valley duplicated the same systemic racism, homophobia, and sexism that was rife in the rest of the United States and other parts of the world. These powerful people who thought they were on the edge of all the new trends, all the new technologies, the ones who thought they could see the future and control what would happen in the next 10 years based on where they put their money, most of those people were out of touch. They were old-fashioned. They could not see beyond the biased goggles. Google glasses? I digress. The world had given them. I began to wonder if I had been thinking about this new business idea all wrong. What if, instead of pitching to venture capitalists and hoping that I could use my powers of persuasion to lock down an investment, I was the one making the investments? What if people pitched to me? And what if I, understanding that race, gender, and sexuality are not the entire sum of a person, invested in those people who weren't getting the meetings that their straight, white, male peers were. What could that change? I realized that creating backstage capital, investing in these underestimated founders, and creating opportunities for people who are underestimated in many areas of life was my calling. This was what I was meant to do. As the founder of Backstage Capital, what I want is to shuffle the deck so that it's not the same people gaining from the venture capital industry every time. My goal is not to invest in a startup unicorn that makes one CEO a billionaire and a few other already very wealthy investors even more wealthy. I'm not looking for the one special company that will have a huge IPO, meaning I never have to work again. What I want 
is to empower as many underestimated people as possible. Let's spread the power more equally. Instead of investing in and helping to create the next one billionaire, I want to inspire the next thousand millionaires. Not only that, I want to see a thousand millionaires emerging from underestimated groups. I want to see a thousand millionaires go on to invest in their own communities, creating generational wealth in communities that have never had it before.